Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Blue Yorker, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and I'm usually joined by my co-host and good friend, Cody Frankel. But right now, he's on the beach in Tel Aviv, and I think it's like 4 a.m. there. So we couldn't get him on right now, but he did have a very special message that he wanted to share with our listeners and with Ranger fans. So I'm going to send that over to Cody real quick right now. What's up, Garden Faithful peeps? So here's the deal. I'm filming this right now before game three. So I'm not at the game and I I can't be watching the game, unfortunately, because I am in Tel Aviv. So my views are a little bit different than yours. But with all that being said, don't give up. I like our chances tonight. Okay. One game at a time mentality. I think we have Carolina on the ropes. Okay. Our offense definitely fell asleep game two for sure game one for sure as well but here's the thing Shostarkin his shakes are gone he's ready to roll ready to play elite our defense has been great okay Keandre Miller looks as good as he's always looked Truba's had a few nice games Fox is getting there too uh I think our offense just needs to click GG uh it's time for him to Switch up the lines, put Breadman on line one with uh, Zibanejad and uh, Kreider. Score some fucking goals. Get that win. And I actually have a funny story for you guys. So I'm in the elevator in Tel Aviv. And a family is with me and my wife in the elevator. And just goes, points to my shirt. I'm wearing this Ranger shirt, Panarin on the back. And the dad turns his hat forwards and it's a Ranger's hat. So we all start laughing. And I walk out of the elevator. And the girl, probably about my age, about about 30, 29, comes up to me and says, can I take a picture, can my dad take a picture with you? And I'm saying, okay, sure, yeah. She And, and she goes, Panarin is, is my sister's husband. And I'm like, shut up. And it was Panarin's whole family. So I believe in good omens, and that's an omen that we're gonna get a win tonight. And also, who knew Panarin's father-in-law was literally the Russian national coach and a former player and won the gold, I think twice, or, or maybe gold and silver. So it's a pretty cool story. And uh, we're going to work to get him on the pod. And if not, we'll get his father-in-law on the pod. But uh, no, I had a nice conversation with him, got a nice photo. And, you know, like I said, I believe in good omens and we're getting the win tonight. And this is probably going to go into, I guess, Sunday's episode so at that point we'll be playing uh oh no wait today is Sunday can't even tell you what day it is but anyways so it's going to go into tomorrow's episode so hopefully the series will be two to one going into Tuesday's game get some momentum I like our chances Tuesday if we get the win tonight I really do I think we could steal that and you know Carolina is not that good of an away team I think we're our, our crowd is amazing as we know the jungle we just got to bring that shit into MSG tonight and, and Tuesday and, and get both wins. And you know what? If we get these two wins, I got to say I like our chances to take this thing. But it really starts with our offense. I think 
It's incredibly important that we start to win face-offs. Zibanejad and Strom are getting absolutely dominated by Aho and Trocek, so we need to figure out something there, whether it's putting Kopp in the middle or you know figuring something out with Mott and putting him in there because he's good at face-offs or even Rooney. But we, we need to figure something out because it's really hard to score in crucial positions when their team has the puck from the beginning because they won the faceoff. So, you know, we don't want to play catch up or, or we don't want them to play keep away and we just got to keep grinding away, keep chipping. I have faith GG is going to do something to uh, spark our lineup here. And, uh, you know, he's going to help us hopefully switch up these lines, generate some offense. I think the one player to watch tonight and in Tuesday as well is Chris Kreider. He's been our elite goal scorer this season. We need this guy to score goals for us. And you know, that starts on converting on the power play for sure. I think we went 0 for 4 on Friday night as I miserably watched in the airport. And uh, you know, my plane was delayed two hours. So then I just stood at the ceiling in anger for two hours in the plane, but it's all good. And uh, the last thing I'll say is, I think we just got to stick together. One game at a time mentality. Don't get down on yourselves, all right? I'll be the hype man if I need to. I think we're getting the win tonight. And if we're going down 2-1 to one in Tuesday's game, got to say I like our chances at the Garden. And then from there, you just figure it out. But let's not be pushovers. Let's get this shit done. Let's turn it up. And let's fucking go Rangers. So Cody obviously recorded that before game three. And luckily for him and for us, the Rangers came out and got a huge win. And now we're down 2-1 to one in the series. But it looks like we got a little bit of momentum going into game four. And before I do talk about what to expect in game four, I do want to say that our guests today are Fitz and Zach Gelb. We got a twofer, two special guests on the episode. So a lot of fun, two different perspectives on game three and what we should expect in game four. But I also want to give a shout out to our friends. Well, one of them is Zach Gelb, but the guys that I went to the game with today and uh, guys I had a little bit of lunch prior to the game with, and that's Joe Borelli and AJ Castaglia. You guys might know both of them, both big Blue York guys, and uh, had a lot of fun with those two at the game. But what to expect in game four? I think the Rangers, I, I think it's their game to lose. Were they the better team in game three? No, Carolina did play better, but I think the Rangers had better opportunities. And, you know, Carolina might have had more shots, but I think the Rangers had more great A scoring chances. And I think that's all you really need in this series is to be able to find ways to generate offense against Carolina. They're obviously a super good defensive team and any momentum you can gain in the offensive zone is huge to carry into the next game. You know, we saw it in game one and game two, the Rangers kind of struggled to generate those high scoring chances. Obviously game one, they had way more than game two and game two. I don't think they really generated anything that looks like a clear grade A scoring chance. So Hopefully they can carry the momentum that they got in game three into Tuesday night's game. I really do think they win on home ice and tie the series up at two heading back to Carolina. We've seen Carolina struggle in the road all playoff long. They haven't had a road win yet. And I think the Rangers really need to come out and score the first goal. It's been a trend this year that the first goal hasn't really mattered in most of these games, but against a team like Carolina, you can't really go down because it's so hard to score goals on them. You got to get the lead and you got to play with the lead and you can't take your foot off the gas for a second because they can come around and take the game to you at any moment with their head coach, Rod Brindamore and just their style of play. So I really do like the Rangers' chances. I said it from the beginning. I think it's Rangers in six. I have no reason not to believe that right now. I still think they can win game four and then steal game five on the road and come back and close it out. I still think it is Rangers in six, and I have no reason not to change my thoughts. So I'm sticking to that, and I don't want to say too much because I do want to send it over to the interviews with Fitz and with Zach Gell. We talk about a lot of different stuff from game three and from the first two games as well, and we also preview game four. So I'm going to send it over to Fitz first and then kick it over to Zach Gelb. Hope you guys enjoy. 
So this week we got a two for episode, uh, two special guests coming on with Cody and Tel Aviv. So our first guest of the day is a friend of the show, a reoccurring guest, but now uh, new reoccurring because, you know, obviously he hasn't been on since Cody joined, but again, Cody's not here and now I'm just rambling. So I'm just gonna introduce him. Welcome to the show. You know, I'm on Rangers Twitter. I'm just going to call you Fitz because that's how everyone knows you. So what's up, Fitz? Not much, man. Thank you for having me on as always. And uh, yeah, hope it's been a real range of emotions so far this year in the playoffs, bro. It's like been all over the place, like with all these games. And today's just another one, another roller coaster today. Have you been to any games yet? I haven't. I haven't. I haven't been to uh, a playoff game in like a long time. I mean, obviously they haven't made it in a long yeah. time, but the last, <laughs> the last one I went to was uh, in that 2016 year when they got just mm-hmm. absolutely boat raced by the Penguins. Yep. Um, I went to like one of the games three or four where they lost. It was just, but it seemed like it today was like weird with the start time and everything. I mean, it was just like an odd atmosphere. It felt like for, for the most of that game until they scored that first goal, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we were kind of talking about it before recording. Like, you know, I was so hyped to get into the building saying like, do the Bob O'Reilly thing, but half of the lower bowl just like wasn't there. And I don't know if that's because it's like, you know, three 30 on a sunny day, that's 90 degrees outside in New York city. And like people wanted like, you know, day drink before, like I was at Mustang Harry's. That's like my staple before a game. Um, hanging out there with like AJ Castiglia, if you know him and Zach Elb was coming on and then uh, our buddy Joe Borelli. But yeah, I don't know. The building just felt a little empty until like, I want to say halfway through the first period. And that was like super frustrating for me as a fan. I'm sure like even on, on you know, watching from home, wherever you were, you could tell. Oh yeah, for sure. It was, it was just like, obviously like the first shift they had was great. And then they take the penalty like a minute and a half. I mean, that was just a horrible call too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's both no ways, both ways are the refing has been. It's horrible, yeah. man. Like every, everyone always says that the one thing they want is just consistency. And like, yeah. that's the, that's the, literally the thing they are the worst at is consistency. Like that same cross check probably happened like 20 more times later in that game. Dude, the cross check in the Florida Tampa game. How is that not a five in a game? That was the yeah. fucking definition of a cross check from behind. They're just so bad. I, the officiating is just horrible both ways. Every, every series, every game is just mm. brutal. But I mean, it was just the, it just felt like an odd game. Like I know the, the the Hurricanes had a ton of shots at the end of the night, but it felt like outside of like a few flurries here and there, there wasn't like it wasn't like he was under siege the entire game. You know what I mean? Like it was just a very like boring game, like low event, no high quality chances, really that much both ways. So it was uh, it was just a weird game. But I'm, I mean, I'm happy they got yeah. out on top. I like I like the line jumbling too in in the first couple periods. I thought Heedle had a I don't know what it looked like live, but mm-hmm. like in person, but I thought he had a great game. Like he was buzzing when he was with Mika and Kreider. Well, the best thing I think that Dragalon did was put the kids back together in the third period. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, I thought, I mean, they listen to everyone else has been saying it too. I'm not the only one to point this out, yeah. but like they've been their most consistent line all playoffs. So like mm-hmm. I'm, I, the big guns got to get going either way. Like I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that a bunch of them are banged up right now, whether it's Panera and I think cop, has been hurt pretty much since that. I don't know if you remember at the end of the year where he missed that. He yeah. left one game, missed another game, mm-hmm. came back and then left again early. Um, and he just, since then has like, he just looks so slow to me. You know what I mean? Like he's not a burner to begin with, but he just looks like he's, he's just like struggling to get up and down the ice at times. And Panarin, like, I mean, dude, he just looks like a shell of himself trying to make plays sometimes, but they found a way. I mean, that's all that matters at the end of the day. It's, it's mm-hmm. just got to keep chipping away. Like, the, the funniest thing about all of this is I think most people came into the series, like even you know, like I said, Rangers and six, I know you said this. I said thing. that too. Like, yeah. Like I know. Still alive. To, yeah, exactly. You, you listen, you can't win six unless you win in six, unless you lose two, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like a lot of us, even when we were being optimistic, I think most people thought like 
the Canes are really good. Like they're yeah. a very good team. Like I have a bet on them to win the cup that I put in like February. You know what I mean? Like I, I just like think they're a really good team and I, Brendan Moore is a good coach, but like the Rangers have hung in with them pretty well through three games. Like they've, they've been just as good in my opinion, if not at, like as good as them. So like, you know, I wish they would have split in those first two games, but this was a good win today. Like game four is going to be going to be a great theater too, with everything that happened in the last mm-hmm. last seconds of the game and the post game quotes and everything. Well, before I get into that, you brought it up originally just now, but one of the things that I love about you and just like following you and, and just like literally having you on my Twitter timeline is that you are one of the optimistic Ranger fans where like everyone else for the most part is just like doing anything that negative happens. They're like ripping these guys apart. Like even the two kids I was saying to at the game today, like the guy on the other side of them, like every time I had to like calm this kid down. Cause he was just saying like, Oh, we're going to trade Panarin in a year. He fucking sucks. Like all this shit, like, like some of this stuff just like blows my mind. I was by the end of the game, the kid wanted to trade the entire team. Who do you want out there? Like, it just makes no sense to me, but you know, you always have that positive outlook, which I try to have myself and, you know, in a series like this, and I don't want to take words out of uh, my friend, Zach Gelb's mouth, who's coming on after, but Zach actually made a great point saying that today's game was very similar to the vibe of game one, where the Rangers were the better team, but Carolina found a way to squeak out a win where today Carolina was probably the better team, but the Rangers found a way to win. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a great, that's like a great comparison in my Mm -hmm. opinion. Like that's, you know, they, they held serve at home. Like, so like, I, I didn't realize that the hurricanes hadn't won a, didn't win a road game yeah. against the Bruins. And I mm-hmm. also didn't realize their power play had been like so abysmal lately. First of all, shout out. I, he's like probably out of, I, they made a lot of great deadline acquisitions, but my favorite one by far is Tyler Mott, dude. I fucking yeah. love that. Guy. Everyone loves him. Oh, he's awesome. Like he's, he's, you know, like a Jesper Foss type player. Everyone knows mm-hmm. how much I love Foss. Mm-hmm. By the way, there were like nine times today in the third period where I saw 71 and white. I'm like, yep. this fucking guy is going to, going to got shot. smoked by yeah, he uh, did. someone. I forgot who it was, but someone smoked him. I think it was Rooney or Reeves. Like in the, there was a little, uh, yeah. They, they, in the corner there. Yeah, oh, it was. But it's funny. I actually said to Cody after our deadline episode, I was like, "Watch, give it like three weeks, and Tyler Mott will be a fan favorite." But then obviously he got hurt and like couldn't really get a, you know, a good sample size. But yeah, I feel like a lot of Canucks fans too. When like the Rangers got him, were like, "Yeah, this guy's like a big time player." Like I, I remember in the bubble a couple of years yeah. ago, he had some big games because I, I I had bet on them that year. <laughs> <laughs> Everything always revolves around betting. <laughs> yeah, obviously you got you got you got to you know watch your bets right here, but um. He's just, he's just been fantastic. Like getting him back was like so low key, like huge in the Pittsburgh series and like great for them. So he's been, I mean, I don't know about you, but like to me, their most consistent forwards throughout the first 10 games of these playoffs have been, and I can't believe I'm saying this Filipino uh-huh. uh, Lafreniere, which I can't believe. Cause that kid's just a gamer. I, I love him and Mott like, and Kakos had his moments here and there, but he's still like, you know, there's sometimes where it's like, come on, man, what are you doing out there? Um, I thought today was Kako's like least impressive game. Yeah, actually, I agree. Like, he, the entire playoffs. I, I think he's like, listen, this is no fault of his own. And obviously like he had a wrist hand injury, so he could still skate and like keep in condition. But, you know, he got hurt again toward the end of the year and then had like another like what week and a half basically to get ready for the playoffs. And like, mm-hmm. it's just a lot. I feel like he looks like gas sometimes out there. Um, and that, that's why like what Heedle has been doing looks so, like every shift, man, that guy's he flies flying. You know, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I can't. It, it, I've said this on Twitter a bunch, but like his lineup spot was legitimately in question heading into game one against the Penguins. Yeah. And now he's like an integral part of the team. He was moved up to the first line today. I mean, and he was great on it. Um, I wish he could finish like more, but he's just like the shape of a licorice though. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like just all legs. He's like, like those, uh, those inflatable cards. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I was just going to say that. That's, <laughs> are, do you watch family guy? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, like the episode with like legs go all the way up, Griffin. <laughs> yes, it's like that's yes. that's Filipino. <laughs> I mean, he's just like so. He's just like lanky. He's so lanky. So lanky. I love how like they were going. I don't know. You, I don't know if you saw when, um, like if they showed it at MSG, but like there's one skirmish they got in where Trocheck was getting in his face and was like, I didn't see that. He was like, "You're soft." He Trocheck, you could see him mouthing like, "You're soft. You're soft." He was just like laughing in his face. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This kid, man, good for him." Like he's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's crazy what's happened so far in the playoffs. It's just like like I said in the beginning, it's just a roller coaster game to game, which is like I, I think you kind of mentioned it with the fan base. It's like we're mm-hmm. so used to doom and gloom because it's been five years since anybody has has really been able, like in playoff hockey, and it's every game's like its own chapter, you know? What I yeah, mean? literally. And, and like you got to just ride the wave as it goes, man. Like I I was probably in the beginning of the year with this team pretty like pessimistic but i don't know what it was i feel like around like christmas or maybe january before the like or as the trade deadline probably started getting closer i was just like you know what man like something's just different with them and they continue to prove it time and time again i mean it's just been incredible so far i'll tell you what it was for me because i was the same way as you i feel like we kind of have like similar outlooks but for me it was that uh new year's eve and january 2nd back-to-back wins against tampa that's Mm -hmm. when i was like okay like maybe you know, I know the regular season doesn't really say everything, but maybe they're onto something here. I think they shut him out at home. I think Meek had a hat trick in that game, and then they went on the road. I know Brian Elliott, I think, started that game, but I think they wanted to shoot out or an overtime. They, yeah. I feel like they scored the last second goal or something, right? Didn't they? That score was a- later on in Tampa. Oh, that was you're right. later on. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I think you're right. They shoot out or overtime or something, mm-hmm. but that was huge. Yeah, no, like that's been. Listen, with Igor and Net, uh, I feel like he's definitely responded well since those. Oh yeah, you know, the the, the hellhole that was those two games in Pittsburgh. But he's been great since then. Like he hasn't allowed a third period goal yet outside of that game one one I think, and uh, maybe game two. I feel like did the Canes even score in the third? I don't know. The, the goal he left today that was pretty bad. The that was. I'm bad. glad he bounced back though. Yeah, like in in the past, he's shown like sometimes what he gets a little rattled after he gives up like a bad goal. So like I'm glad he bounced back. Like that was. I think I feel like. You know, this is his first time in it too. Yeah. So it's like at each he's learning something every game. And I I think Benoit Allaire is like a rock for him. Like that guy's the I mean, he's the MVP of the Rangers yeah. organization at this point. Like that guy's incredible. But uh yeah, Igor just was has been great so far since those two games in Pittsburgh. But one thing I will say that I love about Ranger fans is even after Igor allowed that goal today. Right away, Ranger fans hit the Igor chant, like just yeah. build his confidence back up. You know, I don't know if you said if you saw his, his post game quotes. He actually said that. He literally said that. What do you say? I, was, I haven't seen a fucking thing yet. I just like <laughs> I literally just got home. He was like, I just he's like, I wanted to like shout uh, paraphrasing, but like I wanted to shout out Ranger fans, like even after <laughs> I let up the bad goal, like they yeah. were chanting my game, and like I really appreciate that. It was like, let's go, man. He, he <laughs> love to see it. I did see that because Molly tweeted the quote and I, yes. and I quote tweeted it and I was like, damn, Igor's English has really changed dramatically. <laughs> um, but no, that's like, I, I think that's just one thing where like, you know, I feel like typically New York fans tend to hate the stars. They, they love them and they hate them. Like, you know, we loved Carmelo. And then the minute Carmelo didn't perform, we fucking hated him. Like I'm a basketball fan. I know you are too. Yep. And, you know, Igor obviously is like our MVP this year and he lets up a bad goal. And like, you know, I feel like we're most of the time we'd be like, oh, what the fuck, Igor? Like, you know, the fans like built him back up. And I think that's huge for every player, though. Like, you know, there's so many people saying like Panarin was shit in the first round and Mika, they were invisible, blah, blah, blah. They weren't invisible at all. Like, they're not like their typical selves, but like they're still producing and putting points on the board. Like, you know, I, I think the only guy who like had it justified getting shit on in the playoffs was like Nash because Nash didn't really 
produce, you know, yeah. but he did, he did those little things. Like he blocked shots and like did all that stuff, but he didn't put the points on the board that we needed, but these guys are doing it and they're doing it at big times. Like today we needed a win. Mika has a goal and assist. We needed game six, game sevens. Like Mika has three goals, four assists in those two games. Like, you know, you don't need these guys to perform game one, game two, every game, you know, obviously matters, but like you need your best players to be your best players in the biggest moments. And they've done that. Yeah, absolutely agree. Like me, me and like Kreider to me had a big bounce back game yeah. today. Like I did not think he had a good game too, and mm-hmm. and he played great today. I think, um, yeah, it's just it's just big. Like they're getting, you know, today it was Mika and Kreider. Like you know, game five against the Penguins, it was the kid line that like got mm-hmm. him back in the game. Like Lindgren's been a spark here and there. You know, everyone's had moments so far, yeah. except for except, except for Ryan Strome, but it's coming. It has to. He's, you made that best point last round. You you said like it's so awesome to see how like different guys stepped up in those three games that they needed to win. Like you made that point. I, I saw yeah. it from you first. Yeah, no, like it's, it's to me, it's like, it speaks a lot about how, like, you know, like I said too, like they they've talked all year about how they are different, you know, like they're mm-hmm. a different group than the last few years and they've all, all they've done so far in the playoffs has proved it. Like everyone stepped up at different times. Like they still, <laughs> the crazy part to me is like the second round and it's like, it's almost impossible in, in a playoff hockey game to play like a full 60 minutes. You know what yeah. I mean? I get like, that's the, the goal and it but it's, <laughs> it's really hard you know yeah. like in playoff hockey like it's there's just momentum swings each way like each team has pushes and you got to just fight through them but like they still haven't played like in my opinion a great all-around complete game yet you know what i mean like where they've just they've looked their sharpest their best like we've seen a couple glimpses we've seen some periods here and there but to me that's like the most exciting exciting part is like they've haven't played their best and they're giving carolina like a good run for their money right now which is to me, it's just huge. Like I, the, the, the long-term outlook of the team is obviously like a huge thing, but like, it's tough not to be optimistic about that given what we've seen a lot of already in the playoffs here. Like this has just been a good, good stepping stone for so many different guys. I mean, you said it and guess what? They're probably not going to put together a full 60, you know, it's not possible. It's not possible. (laughs) And if you get to the cup final and you play the Colorado avalanche, give me 30. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, like they always, everyone always talks about the complete 60 minutes. I think in like, just off the top of my head, I think in my lifetime as a Ranger fan, there's only one game where they legitimately from start to finish, like, like just control the game. And that was game six against the Canadians in 2014. Mm-hmm. The one, the one, nothing shout out yep. to get to the Stanley Cup final. Like they were, AV's teams were notorious for just sitting back in the third period. But like, that was the one third period. They were just like, nah, fuck it. We're just going to play the way we played the first two and yep. just, and just shove it down their throats essentially. Like Hank was barely tested after that one vent, that insane blocker save. So like, it's just like, it's, it's impossible to play full 60 minutes. Like that's just playoff hockey. But you know, I, I, I'm encouraged. Like to me, the best thing about this series is that their defense has looked so much better than the Pittsburgh series because Dude. the Pittsburgh series was <laughs> outrageous. How many chances they were giving up. But I also said too, like leading in, I know there was like that Kaniac, uh, whatever account that said like Ranger media is trying to portray that, everyone in Carolina sucks, but I was saying, I, I mean, it could have been for me. Cause I said, like, I honestly don't have any fear because I know they don't have the Crosby line. Like yeah. the Crosby line killed us and we still found a way to win. Like they're not going to have that. Like I, like as good as Aho and, and, and these guys are like, they don't have the guys that can like just take over and dominate a game. And that's like no credit taken away from Carolina. It's just not the team they are. Like they're a full, you know, depth team that gets contributions from everyone in their lineup. Like they don't have, uh, scoring that they rely on from like a top six or you know certain lines so like they they could have gotten that for me but uh and i'll own that i don't care um but i want to ask you that point too 
just how crazy is it the different emotions between the two series like last series i feel like the refs had so much to do with everything the focus was on like all these controversial goal reviews and everything going on in that sense and then this round it's like we're dying for some drama here and now we finally fucking got it with this post-game presser yeah no like i, I it's it's felt like it was it was gonna have to you know boil over at some mm. point because like there's just too much history with not even like history as like a you know, a big rivalry playing each other, but like, there's just so many guys that have been on one or other of the sides that, I mean, they have six former Rangers, man. It's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. And like, you know, Nuts. they all know, like, you know, D'Angelo I'm sure has been like trying to tell them like, Hey man, like go after Heedle and yeah. like go after, you know, so-and-so. And that's why, like, I love today when Heedle was just like laughing at that mm-hmm. trochek, like trying to piss him off or whatever. But you know, the last series was just nuts. I mean, last series was one of the crazier nuts. playoff series. I, I, everything from the the refereeing, the injuries, the the discourse around the injuries, all the shit in Game Seven, the ups and downs, the mm. the goalie. I mean, just everything. It was it was a it was a madhouse that series. And this series for the first three games was kind of like, give me something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the first two games were pretty boring. Like they yeah. were not exciting. You know, they were tight checking, good playoff hockey games, but like there was no you know it wasn't like like you said every time Crosby was on the ice I was like yeah. God, well, what is he going to do this time or like every time well, I think the third it. period in game one was exciting just not for us yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you're right you're right because they were just oh that they yeah were we're like murder. just hold on just hold on just hold on yeah but they I, again like they learned to me a valuable lesson like I don't think this third period they essentially like were pushing the envelope but like they weren't giving up so many high quality chances like Igor had to make a couple saves here and there but for the most part they were you know, chip it out, get some pressure in if you can, like try to stay in their, in their own zone, like keep them hemmed in the, all you can. But I can't wait for game four. Like game four is going to have a lot of hype around it. I mean, it, it all makes sense why players love Gerard Gallant so much. Oh, yeah. Like uh, that guy's just, he's just like, how could you not want to play for him? Stands up for his guys. And and honestly, he, he just like, sure. People say he doesn't like make X's and O's moves, but that, I mean, it's coming from me. I only played college, but like, as a player, yeah, X's and O's are important, but like what's more important is your coach just like showing faith in you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like the X's and O's stuff is great. Like, again, like I would love, like, there's some things you could always nitpick with that shit, like starting the fourth line in offensive zone or something. Like, I mean, people have their things and like I have my criticisms too, but for the most part, like I, like I said, I just, I get why the guys love playing for him so mm-hmm. much and why. And the flip side of it is I also understand why he's never made it out. Yeah. of an organization for more than two and a half years. You know what I mean? Like, cause he's loyal to a fault. Sometimes mm-hmm. it seems like, like, you know, if it was me, I would have, I would have like, I would have punched Ryan Strom in the face with some of these games already and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But you know, like he's loyal to his guys and, and they love playing for him. And like, it seems like when, when he speaks, you know, since like he, with the media and everything, he's always very positive and like yeah. pumping up his guys. But like when he says something, they take note, you know what I mean? Like they understand the assignment. They're like, okay, we need to get our shit together. Like, yeah. like, you know, if he's, if he's saying like in, you know, after that one Islander game where he was like, we had a horse shit game and like everyone knew the next game, they were like on it, everyone mm-hmm. from the jump. So I, I think it's great. I mean, like personally, I, I hope, you know, I will, I like D'Angelo being like the villain and all that. Yeah, exactly. Bro, like, I, I mean, I'm happy to have him be the Trey young. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know what, my, 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 he, he, is good for one bad play, like almost a period. Like mm-hmm. there's always going to be like, he flubs a pass or he, you know, today, like he sent a pass up the wall where there was just no winger there. Like, I mean, yep. we saw I, know, I know that exact play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like uh-huh. we saw that shit all the time. Like, listen, regardless of your feelings of the guy, he's a good player. 
He's an NHL caliber player, but he has his faults. And like, I think he can, you can throw him off his game pretty easily. And I think there's been points, like someone pointed out to me today, there was a funny part where like he was getting into it with Kreider and Heedle after like a scrum. And then like literally 20 seconds later off the next face off, the fourth line was out there instead. And then like Reeves and Rooney were just standing there and he like skated away right away. So like, you know, they, to me, like there's, there's ways to throw them off their game. Like it's not even just him, like Svechnikov, uh, Nino Niederreiter. Like there are guys that like you could get under their skin and they kind of become unglued a little bit. Um, so like, I think the Rangers need to keep playing the way they play. Like keep, keep pissing them off. Like they, like, I, like we both said, like they had a bunch of shots today, but not they really nothing felt all perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Like they really weren't like, you know, they had like one semi breakaway where Svech got Svech got Keandre pretty good. He, he got him with the toe drag pretty good mm-hmm. there. But um, other than that, like not not like anything. I was like, damn, like there was a six minute stretch where Igor made 15 saves and like 12 of them were yeah. like grade A. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think game four is going to be great. Like that shit with Domi and Lindgren at the end of the game, like it's just going to add the flair. And I you know, that's, I don't think anything bothers the Rangers, man. I yeah. really don't like, they just don't seem like a team that gives a shit about that stuff. They're just like, all right, like Tony wants to mouth off. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. be fine. Like who cares? We'll you also bet your fucking ass, man. I don't know if you saw Tony in game four of the Boston series when shit did not go Carolina's way in Boston. And he had that like temper tantrum where he threw his stick at Marshan. Not, not, he didn't throw it at Marshan. At the empty but, net. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I think if you score the first goal or first two goals of game four, he's going to go off his fucking rocker and it's just going to become this crazy dramatic game. And there's going to be a lot of outside noise, if you know what I mean? Like all the distracting, stupid bullshit that you just yeah. said that the Rangers won't get into because let's be real. Like they don't really have guys who lose their cool. Like you just said it. Like as, as Ryan Reeves is like well-known for being a tough guy, he's not a guy who like has a short fuse, you know, like no, he knows when to do his business and when not to. So like, even I, I think people are going to think like, Oh, Reeves is going to come out and go right after D'Angelo after that. No, that's not his concern. His concern is to win the fucking game. Like if, if D'Angelo acts like a prick and he needs to do something, then he'll do it. But I, I'm not expecting Ryan Reeves to like come out of the gate and like go after D'Angelo. Like I just think that's like what Ranger fans might expect, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah. And like, that's what he wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what he wants them to like, go out and try to just hit him all the time and not like, you know, play the game. And that, they're smart enough to know, like, if they get a chance to line him up, they'll line him up. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, they will. I, honestly, I bet you it was going to be breaking Schneider. Like, he was just destroying Bro, people all beast. day today. That was beast. unbelievable, a couple of those hits. Um, yeah, no, I, I, Schneider's been incredible. And uh, I know we are running low on time here, but you do think it's going back to Carolina tied at 2-2, because I think so also. Absolutely, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. I, I, the, I, listen, I still think Rangers at 6 is very yep. much in play. Like I agree. If, if they go back to Carolina 2-2, Igor game. I, I was Igor just about game. to say Igor steals one. Like that's uh-huh. that's I, I'm so confident in that. And even if it somehow goes to seven, I would feel confident in him stealing that shit too. Like Same. that's just the way it is right now. Like no, Auntie Ronta has been great. Like shout out to him. Like he's mm-hmm. you know former Ranger of course, but uh, he's been he's been like really good. But like I, I'm not overly terrified of Auntie Ronta. Like I know Anderson was practicing lately, yeah. but I'm not overly terrified of Throw him in. either. Yeah, like what happened to Jari? I was just about to say, like yeah. I, I'm still shocked they put Jari in when they they did that. I wouldn't have done that, and I wouldn't I wouldn't put Anderson in either, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. And before I do let you go, I do want you to give your Keandre 16 game player rant because I see it all over Twitter. I know a lot of people do, but I don't know if anyone knows the meaning behind it. I know it has something to do with Draymond Green and the Warriors. So take it away. Yeah. So, I mean, there's this great old Draymond quote from like three or four years ago, like basically around NBA draft time, they asked him like the, the, the front office asked him like, you know, 
who do you want us to draft? And he was like, basically said this quote that was like, there are 82 game players and then there are 16 game players. So like playoff players, like Tyler Mott, you know what I mean? Like he's a guy you want on your team in the playoffs. Um, you know, Cindy Crosby, like the way he Gensel Gensel's like a 60, you know what I mean? Like yep. those type of guys. And to me, Keandre is just one of those guys. And honestly, the other one, Lafreniere, like I, I think him, I like oh, to yeah. me, those, those two guys are like out of all the young guys. Like I, like I said, Heedle's been mad impressive through the playoffs. Kako's had his moments for sure. But like those two, Keandre and Laf to me are like the pillars of this team moving forward. Like they both, the second half of the season Keandre had was just phenomenal from February on. He was just unbelievable. And like, he basically got, you know, his master's degree on the fly against Crosby <laughs> in the first yeah. round. So like he definitely took away some good tips. So I thought he was outstanding the first two games uh, against Canes. I thought he had another strong game today. Like him and Truba had, had some definitely ups and downs in the first step, first round, but like, I thought they've been great since uh, like, the, the horror, the, the, the Pittsburgh massacre. That's what we should just refer to it as um, yeah. those two games. But yeah, like Keandre to me, he's really elevated his game. Like he's obviously the one who drew the penalty that led to Panarin's OT winner in game seven. Mm-hmm. And like Lafreniere to me is like every time like the team needs to spark, he's just there. Like game five, him. he got the goal. He got the, like, I love him. I, mm-hmm. I like every question that people had about him to me should just be shut off at this point. Like he, Scored 20 goals basically during the season with at like all at even strength, all at 5v5. He barely played on the power play. Like, and all he's done in the playoffs is just continually show up. And like he's someone said this to me on Twitter a few days ago that he's got like Kachuk qualities or like Marshawn qualities. Like he's he's a pest too. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's always in your grill. He's chirping. He's, you know, he throws his weight around. Like I, I just love him. I love I him. Yeah. No, I hope he turns into that. I think we'd be more than happy if he turns into one of those. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think, uh, Rangers and six, I'm on that same page with you. And, um, before you do go, do you want to plug anything? No, nah, man. Like, uh, I'm, I'm at Twitter at FitzGSN underscore, but you know, thank you for having me on, man. It's a, yeah. it's a pleasure. I'm, uh, I've been making the rounds, but this is definitely the more positive one than, than the last <laughs> couple ones I've been on with, uh, with our friends, Brian and Greg. <laughs> Love those guys. Yeah. It's been tough. I, they um, have me. They only have me on when bad shit happens. <laughs> like, like they had me on right after Panarin took his leave of absence last year. It's always like, God, like why? Why do I have to be the avatar for negativity yeah. here? That's tough. Well, this week your positivity—that's for sure. Um, and we'll get, yeah, and we'll get you back on. Hopefully, if if they continue to roll here, we'll uh, definitely get you back on. Let's go, man. Let's hope they keep going. Uh, this has been fun, and it's like a great time. There's there's nothing else happening in New York sports right now, so it's yeah. it's a great time for them to really grab a hold of like center stage here. Yeah, no, seriously. I think also just like unites the city, which has been great. Yes, um, absolutely. So I want to thank you once again for hopping on. And uh, right now I'm going to send it over to another friend of the show, Zach Gelb. And now joining the show, my good friend who I attended the game with today, Zach Gelb from the CBS Sports Radio. You might recognize him there. Um, Zach, great time today. Weird game. Good win. Thoughts? Uh, very happy, obviously. I thought they were going to win today for game number three. Now the question is not to get too far ahead of ourselves if they could find a way to send it back to Raleigh, all tied up at two apiece. But uh, obviously they took advantage early with the Mika goal, and it was an incredible pass by Panarin. I know a lot of people are getting on Panarin yep. this postseason, which is a short memory from all the <laughs> conversation after game seven. But it was a great pass that just because he doesn't score the goal and it's Mika scoring the goal, maybe the average fan will just look at the stat sheet and go, oh, he didn't get a goal today. So what did Panarin do? 
Honestly, it's a great point that you make because I was just like kind of saying to my friends that uh, I was talking to after the game where it's like this this weird love-hate thing with New York sports where the star players can be the star players in the big moments, but when they're not there, you know, along the entire ride, all of a sudden they're invisible and they suck. But like our best players have been our best players when we needed them to be. And I, I think Ranger fans have kind of lost sight of that. Like, you know, I kind of talked about it, but the two guys that we were sitting next to were just super negative the entire yeah. game. Um, and that honestly, like, I don't know if you thought it, like, obviously we didn't say it out loud, but that kind of like ruins the experience of watching a game when like you're surrounded by constant negativity. And, you know, here we are thinking like, we're up in this game. We're going to win. We're going to make this a series. Um, I kind of lost my point here, but, uh, we have no reason right now to not believe in this team. I think that's kind of the point I wanted to get to is that every challenge they've faced all season long, they've answered, and this is no different. They're down two to one in the series with the next game at home. There's no reason why they can't win this series. And also you have the better goaltender. You yeah. have the best pl- player in this series in Igor Shesterkin. Now, Antti Ranta has done a nice job. Uh, you know, he could have made the case in game number two. He was probably on a vacation because the Rangers couldn't get any shots on net. Mm-hmm. But you look at this, if you find a way, like if they go down 3-1, I like last series, I had a little confidence that they would come back against the Penguins. But if they go down against 3-1 against a better team in Carolina, then the season's over. But if they are able to win game four, this is a brand new series. And you're telling me, you have Igor Shosturkin that needs to win two out of three games. Like, I'll take that 10 times out of 10 going up against Antti Ranta. The Carolina team, it's weird. They are such a – they're a very good team. Like, I wouldn't call them a great team. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a team that wins a Stanley Cup. But when you play them, there's so much less space on the ice. And that's why when you get these opportunities, you have to cash in. I know earlier we were talking about in the first two minutes of the game, we thought they were going to get a goal and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, Chris Kreider, even without the goalie at the end of the game on the on the empty net. Yeah. Um, that was like one where you're like, oh, I hope that doesn't come back to burn you. But you've seen it in this series. In game number one, they didn't cash in on the opportunity towards the end of the third period. Probably also should have had uh, two more goals in the first period. When you get out where goals are just such a few in this series and you could get up to a 2 nothing lead at home, I know some fans probably look in the third period and say, oh, defense mode. And I even turned to you at times during the game and said, all right, it'd be nice if we could get in their zone yep. for a little bit. But that's the way that this series is going to be. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be great goaltending. And the Rangers at home coming up on Tuesday night need everyone, you know, kid line, veterans, whatever. You got to step up and, and play in front and play from ahead. I mean, also the one thing to note too is that this team, as much as people have complained about the Rangers, they've taken care of home ice. They're four and one on home ice. I know the one, you know, obviously triple overtime loss is going to hang over our heads just because that was such a like heartbreaking defeat for the first playoff game in five years. But I mean, the one area where Carolina is, you know, not very good too is on the road. So like the odds should be in our favor, I think, come game four. And all we're going to need to do is steal that one road game. That's all we need is that one game on the road, which we did last series in Pittsburgh, that game six. So there's no reason not to believe in this team. And like you said, Carolina, I I do disagree. I do think they are a great team, but they're different from Pittsburgh where they don't have like those game breakers like Crosby or Gensel. But, you know, you can tell that this team just like is very in tune with the system that they play and they're always above the puck and they don't make many mistakes that the Rangers obviously have not been able to capitalize on at the same time. So I think in order to beat this team, you, you got to get out in front because if you get behind early, you're not coming back. Like this isn't a Pittsburgh team where we're going to go down two goals and find a way to claw back. So I think that's like the key to game four is getting that first goal. 
And I know it's a could have, would have, should have. I feel like this team should be up 2-1. The yeah, Rangers I agree. series. I agree. Just with the embarrassing third period that they played in game one and the way that they let one get away. And once you allowed that game to get tied up, I don't think many Rangers fans, including myself, had confidence going into overtime. But you can't play that game because the reality is it's 2-1. And for the 100th time, if you lose on Tuesday night, and I know people are going to say, oh, they're down 3 one to Pittsburgh, then the series is over. So you have to win on Tuesday night. And if they win on Tuesday night, I'm taking Igor Shesterkin yeah. in a best-of-three series to find a way to prevail. So this is step number one. You look back at last series for Carolina. They were up 2-0 against Boston. Boston got two at TD Garden. Boston just can never win in Raleigh. Personally, I think we're a better team, the Rangers, than the Boston Bruins. So if that is what's required, that we need to still go into Carolina, which is going to be the case if we take care of business on Tuesday and just need to get one in Raleigh, I have confidence in this team to do so. Yeah, I think that's honestly a perfect point. I, I could not have said that any better. And I just want to talk to you about like individual players, anyone that stood out in this series as opposed to the Pittsburgh series, because I think it's been like two completely different teams as far as we've seen uh, our opponent and the Rangers themselves, because it's been a way more defensive series. Obviously, like there's been way less goal scoring. And then you also have way less drama and the extracurricular stuff. So who stood out to you most for the Rangers in this series, even though, you know, games one and two, there wasn't much offense. Yeah, I'll probably go on the defensive end, and maybe it's not even for the entire series, but in the first series against Pittsburgh, the defense was so awful. Uh, Keandre Miller played really well in the first series, but other than that, most of the defense was not good. But you look at guys like Keandre Miller, I think Fox is having a really good series, and those are younger guys that this is their first legitimate postseason experience. So there's going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be moments where you look like youngsters in the postseason, and then you look like veterans. So I like what I'm seeing for them, but also – ever since Lindgren has come back and I know it was the unfortunate goal in game number one that went off him and went past Igor Shesterkin. Not his fault. Let's be clear. Not his fault. It's a dirty, not a dirty goal, but you know, it's a sloppy goal that happens (laughs) in postseason hockey and overtime that that's usually the way that it wins. It's not usually going to be a clean goal uh, like a snipe, but Lindgren has been so important to this team. And then the the kids line, they just create, I know that today uh, early on, they didn't start out with it and they went back to it later on in the game but they just find a way to create so much energy. Um, And I I like um, also as well, I guess on the fourth line too, Mott, I just think he does things that are just gritty stuff that you expect from a hockey player that's playing on a fourth line. So those just be some people uh, that do stand out to me so far. And I think the whole vibe, I was telling Fitz this before, the whole vibe of this series is just completely different than that of Pittsburgh. Like I said, like, and now like, you know, we were kind of begging for some drama. And I don't know if you had a chance to see the post-game presser with the D'Angelo oh, yeah. stuff. You watched it? Yeah, it was great. I, like, just caught it before. But now we finally have some, like, built up. Like, there was no rivalry between these two teams. But now, like, going into game four, there's a little bit of outside noise that could be a distraction coming in. But what do you expect from D'Angelo in game four? Because I think if the Rangers go up, like, one or two goals, he's going to lose his fucking mind. It would not shock me. Obviously, the guy is a, a hothead, and, and we saw that when he was with New York with the whole thing that did go down with Gorgiev. But, yeah, I, I liked what I saw from uh, Galan after the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, Galan, we all know, is a professional hockey coach. We saw what he did taking over the expansion team in Las Vegas and getting them to a, a Stanley Cup final. But you look at what he did afterwards. This is a guy 
where, you know, I don't, I'm not going to make a comparison all the time to other sports, but you see like the Mets, they have a veteran manager now in Buck Showalter. That's going to protect his players. And at the end of the game, Domi went after Lindgren and it's nice to see a coach just not get up there and just be so vanilla afterwards where he's chirping back and forth doing what Igor did to Pittsburgh uh, with the chirp chirp. Pretty much that's Gallant to D'Angelo. And then you have Gallant also uh, going after uh, what, what Domi did to Lindgren. And I like what he said. Uh, we have guys that can match that as well. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't ex- – I, I don't want to get too caught up in that stuff because it's a mm-hmm. postseason series. I don't need guys going to the box um, and, and then, uh, like, penalties and sloppy play happening. But it wouldn't shock me if we uh, – if, if the Rangers can find a way to be up, like, 3-1 or something late in the third period on Tuesday night, which would be great – it wouldn't surprise me if we see maybe Reeves and D'Angelo go at it. I actually think Liam McHugh said it best, too. I think he quoted or quote tweeted the video Gallant and said, congrats, Gerard Gallant just became an official New Yorker. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. Huh. He wants to go to Katz's Deli tonight with me. Coach, <laughs> I'll be buying you some pastrami and some well-done French fries. We'll be good. I've got some mustard on that pastrami sandwich. I mean, that is just awesome, though. You love to see a coach who just sticks up for his guys. And I said it before, like, he's not going to make the next game about all that extra bullshit. Like it's going to be a hockey game. They need to win a game. And like you said, if, if things do escalate in the third period, maybe we'll see something happen, but I don't think from the jump, anything is going to be yeah. like, you know, like we thought, Oh, game one of the year, Reeves going to go after Tom Wilson. It's going to be revenge. No, it's not going to be that. This is a playoff hockey game. They have to win. You know what? Gallant also could be doing this. I'm not saying this is totally the reason why he's going about it, but like we're talking about, he knows that the fuse on D'Angelo is he's a hothead and he has a quick temper. It wouldn't surprise me if he's throwing some extra things out there to see if he will go take the bait. But I also say what I love post game and we saw this in the Pittsburgh series. And now we're seeing it now. And don't, this was a good crowd today. It was not a great crowd game five. I was in the building, the Pittsburgh series. That was a great crowd. You were at game seven and how loud it was. You would say that was a great crowd. This was a good crowd today but the players are really feeding off the energy Mm. from the home crowd. And I just think it's because the team hasn't been in the playoffs for a long time. We've also been stuck inside for for a while. Just getting back into a building with a playoff atmosphere. There's sometimes as a fan, you get into a building and you see, right, the exuberance and you hear the exuberance from the crowd. And you wonder if the players really feed off of that. And sometimes it's some cliche lines, but the players after every home game are going out of their way to really compliment the fans. So yes, it was a very good crowd today. It was weird. Start time, three 30. That's not an excuse to me. Get your ass in the seat. <laughs> uh, the people right behind uh, the bench stop with the Dolan's uh, uh, caviar and all that stuff in that private room, get to the seats uh, on time, but overall it was a very good crowd and the players, uh, they just keep on going out of their way to give the uh, fans words of extolment. And that's honestly an interesting point too, because I feel like as many people that compliment Madison square garden say how great of a place it is to play. And yeah, the fans are amazing, but the Rangers don't really have that. Like, you know, Carolina bunch of jerks or the Vegas like craziness or, or this like branded kind of fan. So what do you think is the difference with like the Ranger fan? I I don't know what it is. I don't know why we don't have that. Cause it's, we've been known as these like good fans for so long, but there's just something missing from like that elite, well, tough place to play. Let's be realistic. Uh, the average fan is now priced out. Uh, we yeah. went to the game today. We got a good deal on tickets. It was still <laughs> a, a lucrative price tag for those tickets. I looked on SeatGeek before the game and I said, wow, we got a pretty damn good deal on those tickets. So uh, a lot of fans, like when my dad grew up and, and your parents you know, grew up and would go to the games in the blue seats, 
that fan is pretty much priced out of the building now. There's, there's a way to, to get in the building, but it is a corporate crowd from time to time. But whenever it's a big event, New Yorkers love a big event. You saw it in game seven. You, you, the fans at Madison Square Garden, they're an intelligent fan base. Like before game five in the Pittsburgh series, when Igor, things weren't going great. Fans chanting Igor before the yep. game. Uh, that, that's what it really is. And come postseason time, you know it and I know it. You can watch all the hockey games during the regular season or none of the hockey games, everyone has an opinion. Everyone has an interest in playoff hockey. Like, look, just look at this postseason so far. Yeah. Game one, we had five game sevens. Uh, this series, uh, Edmonton and Calgary so far, I guess they took a night off Calgary. It was four <laughs> nothing while we're recording this. Uh, mm. But these series have been absolute bonkers. Like the president trophy winners in, uh, in the Florida Panthers are on the verge of getting swept out of the second round by Tampa Bay, who's just a, a different level. Yeah. They're probably going to get swept, honestly. I think they've had the life sucked out of them. After after that buzzer beater goal, I, I think that's so hard yeah. to bounce back from, especially going down to nothing when you're on home ice. I, I thought they could get one in Tampa. They're done. But after seeing what transpired today and now being a 3-0 lead and you're going up against a team that's back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, I, I guess it doesn't – like if, even if they get it back to Florida for a game five – uh, Tampa's going to find a way up 3-0 to close out this series. The question just is how long, but I would probably agree with you right now uh, mm-hmm. that the Panthers probably get swept. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And back to the Rangers before we wrap it up here. If you're the Rangers right now and you're Gerard Gallant, what is your mindset going into game four? Because every game has kind of been pretty similar, so I think they obviously know what they have to do, but what are you telling these guys You know, five minutes before they step out, Bob O'Reilly going on? Yeah, I kind of like Gerard Gallant because most of the times you think these coaches give everyone's like Herb Brooks with great moments <laughs> yeah, from great opportunities. And he goes, I don't try to put any more pressure on the players. He's not a big uh, speech guy. I think if, if I'm if I'm Gerard Gallant, yeah, if he walks up, at, uh, you know, in the uh, locker room before game uh, four on Tuesday and says, guys, like, let's go F and win the game and, and finds a way to give some motivational speech. That's fine. But I think it's simple. We've seen pretty much three similar games through the first three games of this series. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be grinded out. Uh, It seems like one of these teams dominates for two periods and it just comes down to the end. Can your goalie step up and, and make the big stops and the attention to details on the defensive end are so massive because one defensive lapse could really cost you or one uh, a power play that ends up going a, a, a shorthanded goal co- costs you a game in this series. So I don't think it's anything crazy. Um, I think this series, I don't want to say it's vanilla because it's been an exciting series, but it's a low scoring, not a lot of space on the ice type of series. And the Rangers stars, they have to capitalize in game four, just like they did in game three, the Panarin pass to Mika Kreider, then having a, a very nice goal uh, for goal number two in that game. Uh, those top six guys got to step up and show out. And if they do, then it will be two, two Igor will play. Well, I still think Igor's going to get a shutout in this series. Mm-hmm. In one of these games, he's the can't say the S word, man. It, 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 it <laughs> could, it could have been today. It was a soft goal that he let in, but uh, he, he definitely made up for it. So let's get a shutout in game number four. Let's win the game two, nothing, three, nothing. If they want to go win the game five, nothing, that's going to be fine with me. Mm-hmm. But I think we're in, in a weird way. We're all like suckers for this pain and all this agita that occurs during playoff hockey. And that's what makes it great. I mean, yeah, I, I also think like I, I was kind of sold on Carolina is the better team in this series. And like, we'll be lucky if we get a win or two and maybe win the series. But like, I'm starting to believe that the Rangers aren't like such underdogs here. It was really weird 
I went into the Pittsburgh series and I was nervous about the Pittsburgh series because we beat the snot out of them three out of four times. And Jari was excellent. The one game that they stole from us this year. And I was nervous because of their star power and because of their past and the playoff series that we played up against them, which we've done a very good job against them. uh, You know, going back to those runs that they were on. And I felt like no one else was nervous heading into the Pittsburgh series. People were like Rangers in five. I thought that Rangers aren't winning this series in five games, (laughs) but then going into this series, in a weird way, everyone is nervous. Oh, they don't got a shot. I'm confident. I thought they were going to win the series going in. Uh, maybe I'm caught up in the moment now because if you spoke to me after going down 2-0, it was like down in the dumps. All right, this absolutely sucks. This is horrible. But once they win today, I go back to it, and I texted you this right after game two. They got to find a way to win two in a row, and that's going to be tough up against this team just because there's not a lot of space on the ice and how great their defense is. But if they go out there and win game number four coming up on Tuesday night, I think they'll go on to win the series. I really do believe that because I know I'm going to sound like a broken record player. But once again, then it becomes a best of three. Not that Antti Ranta is playing a bad series. He's actually done a good job. But you have Igor Shosturkin then 2-2. It's a brand new series. So you have to please, 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 Rangers find a way to get the job done on Tuesday night. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I kind of just want to like leave it there. So is there anything that you want to plug before I let you hop? Uh, yeah, you can just catch us on CBS Sports Radio uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific. And uh, we're across like uh, 200 affiliates around the country, Sirius XM and the Odyssey app. You can always uh, give us a follow uh, at Zach Gelb on Twitter and at Zach Gelb on Instagram. And no, even though my middle name is Lazarus, it's not my uh-huh. last name. So there's no relation between Johnny and yours truly. Had to bring that up, too. I was going to say that at the end, but I'm happy. Had you said to. It, first. it was great. It was great. My mom keeps on saying to me. Are we related to this guy? Uh-huh. They live on Long Island. Like, do I know them? Are they family? I'm like, no, mom. We've had this conversation like eight times. It's just someone that <laughs> I met through a podcast that we're going to a hockey game together. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll catch another one if they keep going, man. I'm down to rip it whenever. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100% down. I hope that we have an opportunity for, and I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm yep. touching the money, but I would very much like a closeout game for the Rangers in game six, Memorial Day weekend. That would be a great Memorial Day weekend if you ask yeah. me. That'd be awesome. But Zach, I really want to thank you for hopping on. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And I had so much fun uh, at the game with you today. So uh, definitely hope that happens. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate it. Let's go Rangers, baby. Come on, get Tuesday, baby. I really want to thank my two friends, Fitz and Zach Gell, for hopping on the show. And I also want to give a shout out to my co-host, who obviously everyone knows by now is in Israel. He'll be back soon. We're going to have one more episode this week without Cody. So I'll be posting an episode on Thursday, previewing what will be Game 5 and talking about what will have transpired in Game 4. The guests I will not name now, but we got some big guests coming for that Wednesday episode. So I hope you guys enjoyed these interviews with Fitz and with Zach Gelb. I think the Rangers tie this series up at 2 and head back to Carolina with a chance to steal one on the road and then close it out at home. So I'm hoping that comes true. Let's go Rangers. Please feel free to DM me if you have any questions or anything you want to talk about regarding hockey, regarding the Rangers. I love talking to you guys, and it's been a lot of fun for me to, you know, interact with a lot of our listeners at games, at bars, wherever that may be. So, you know, keep the questions coming. Keep everything coming. I fucking love it. And uh, let's go Rangers. Let's tie this thing up. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.